Hi everyone. Welcome to the Grid is for Squares. Welcome to the Grid is for Squares. <laughs> I'm Amy. I'm Vince. And this is a podcast where we smoke a bowl and talk about building a sustainable off-the-grid property in California. That's correct. <laughs> um, it's slowly but surely progressing. We got a lot of visions anyway. We got a lot of visions. The scope of work just <laughs> keeps increasing. Uh, yeah, we'll get into all that. Um, what are we smoking today? Uh, I don't know. You packed it. What are we smoking today? Oh, that's today? right. It's a sativa. It's uh, sour diesel. Yeah. Good old sour diesel. Sour D's. You're generally not a big sativa fan, right? You like hybrids? Well, for the various um, like legitimate medical applications like anxiety and stomach pain and stuff, I, I find that sativas tend to do a little less. Yeah. Yeah. Hybrids and indica is way better for the for the body and just for chilling out but if you got to do something in the middle of the day yep uh so how are you doing it's been two weeks how are you doing it's a whirlwind brother <laughs> it's an it's an ongoing whirlwind in my life um can't really complain a gathering uh wait what is it a rolling stone gathers no moss mm. but it's been hard to check in with my life lately. I've been just been feeling really kind of busy mm-hmm. and running it. How are you doing? Well, I don't know. I mean, if a Rolling Stone gathers no moss, I'm feeling fuzzy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and not even like I've been so busy doing projects, doing, mm-hmm. you know, writing and producing projects, but like I don't know. You're I am starting on to the miss top and rolling on the bottom, right? right You're like yeah. rolling around. Yeah, I'm not even like a go out and do things person, but it's been starting to get a little just like boring, just monotonous, you know? Mm-hmm. And of course, on top of, you know, that general malaise and weirdness of coronavirus, like there's just <laughs> every week it's more dystopian. Every week it's more horrifying out there. Yeah. LA's coronavirus cases and deaths. We're the hot spot now. Are just keep reaching new highs every mm-hmm. day, every week. But unemployment has run out, so now I've noticed like traffic is back in a big way. Everybody's just out like doing their jobs now because they have no other choice. Everybody's got to yeah, go back to work. It was eerie in a good way, I guess, um, in the beginning because LA's infamous, you know, traffic and smog just sort of disappeared for a few weeks or months mm-hmm. um but yeah Had our best air quality since the 40s uh-huh um oh, yeah boy. but yeah it's it's coming back now everything's kind of going back to normal despite mm-hmm. the fact that every day we have higher yeah. cases and higher deaths i think now one oh, in 60 californians either has or has had coronavirus one in 60 holy bejesus yeah so far we don't still don't know anybody directly everybody at work now i think has been tested except for me um we should maybe go to dodger stadium one of these days and do it i guess so but yeah and then on top of all that there were some earthquakes this week uh-huh, yeah. That woke me up. You didn't feel them, huh? No, and I'm almost jealous because I feel like I've just missed the last few earthquakes. I know that sounds silly to say, but it's like a weird, yeah. interesting thing to go through. The first couple times I felt an earthquake, 
it was really novel and almost exciting. The one up in Napa when, like, <laughs> it was really was six and traumatic. It was, close, was, and it was the middle of the night. Right. That was maybe not exciting and, and mm-hmm. cool. But, yeah, the last few in L.A. we haven't been here for. Yeah. I slept right through this past one. Yeah, these woke me up. There was, a like, a 4.2 in Pacoima, which is, like, 20 miles from here. And that was at 4.30 in the morning. It got me up. And then I was just up. I went out. I looked it up. And it had been a series of them. And then I felt another one at, uh-huh. like, 6.30. Uh, so, at that point, I decided... I wasn't going to go under any houses that day. Yeah, there there are many reasons that I worry about you out in the world. Um, But yeah, you have a sort of unique job where you work under houses. So if there was a massive earthquake while you were under a house, that could be really bad. It could be, but you know. Also, try not to think about it. I can't worry all the time. The well, house is out there. Like... Sometimes my brain takes that as a challenge. Right. <laughs> you can't worry all the time. Uh-huh. But, you know, you try to pick your battles. Whatever. I'll be bitten by a spider down there or, like, right. breathe in asbestos. Uh-huh. That's not going to be an earthquake. I know. It's all on the list. It's yeah, all on the worry yeah, list. Right. Um, luckily, um, I don't think we're going to get earthquakes on the property. Yeah. It's not a fault zone. It's definitely a wildfire zone, but it's not, it's not an earthquake risk really, right. at all. Any more than at any place else in the country. Sure. Yeah. I mean, like Wisconsin technically could get an earthquake. Mm-hmm. Chicago could get a really big one. If the New Madrid fault slips, it's hmm. going to be bigger than any earthquake out here. It's going to rock the entire East Coast. They're not ready for any of that. Right. They, they haven't been building to yeah. for it. Even though they had a really big one in 1812. Hmm. Um, so people worry about us in California with our earthquakes. We got our shit under control. You need to worry about yourselves. Yeah. I know I've said it a bunch of times, but, like, it's really just wildfires. That's the only natural disaster I'm really that worried about. It's a real like, we disaster. don't really have to worry about ocean-based disasters Tsunamis, where we are. Yeah. And certainly we don't in the Sierras. Or flooding. Or flooding, yeah, exactly. And I'm not super worried about earthquakes. Sure, the big one could hit or whatever, but, like... That would still wouldn't even, affect us. Yeah. yeah, that wouldn't affect us in Mariposa. And, like, the likelihood of it really mm-hmm. affecting us here in L.A., even, like, where we live on the second mm-hmm. floor... I don't know. I think it would be okay. Yeah. It's not something I super worry about, but wildfires, always wildfires. They've begun. They've begun. The I checked out the, begun, the huh? California wildfire map. Um, there's a few. There's one up in Angeles. There's a couple in Northern California. Nothing that threatens us here in LA or the property yet, but it's... It's just been a little it's bit starting. warmer, right? Yeah, we've got a beginning it's been a pretty of August cool now. Summer. It's starting. Yeah. Yeah, and the really bad ones the past few years have waited until like November and yep. December. It did start raining in November on the property in 2019, mm-hmm. so I'm hoping that at least there. I know that that's not true everywhere in California, right. of course, um, and including it's just here in LA. But every year. Yeah, it's true. But I have my fingers crossed that if we make it to you know November mm-hmm. or at least December. Um, It'll start raining and it'll be okay. Speaking of rain, I want to go on a quick tangent. Yeah. Have you heard of this thing called earthquake weather? Um, I don't... Yeah, vaguely. I guess I thought it was like a old wives' tale kind of a thing. Yeah, I thought so too. Somebody was just kind of telling me that like anytime there's an earthquake, you know, there's weather. But it's one of those hindsight things. It's, it's part hindsight. Like the earthquake happens. You're like, oh, that explains why it was windy yesterday and uh-huh, it's not normally windy. Right. Second thing is you're just more highly attuned to everything. Everything seems novel. But I swear that Thursday morning when there were two earthquakes, I drove to work 
It was overcast, which still, it's been cooler. It's been mm-hmm. overcast some mornings, but I got a few drops of rain on the roof at the tail end of July or on the windshield. That is weird. I got rain on the windshield in July. That is really weird. In LA, that is, yeah, practically unheard of. Earthquake weather. Earthquake weather. As soon as I said the phrase old wives tale, I realized that literally nobody on earth knows more than old wives. So maybe that shouldn't be such a pejorative statement of like, you can't believe that it's an old wives tale. It should mean, listen to this if you want to save your fucking life. I'm glad you said it, not me. (laughs) That's not, we can't say that anymore. (laughs) Or we should, we should just take it back. Take it back. Take back wives' tales. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) Every day they're out there writing wives' tales. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know what? In two weeks, everything changes so fast that the next time we record an episode in a couple weeks, or even by the time this one gets posted, something new and crazy will have happened. Even crazier. I mean, Trump threatened to cancel the election, and that was like three days ago, and it's already... Postpone, sorry, okay. postpone. Either way. But that's already not news. And it was like two or three days ago. Mm-hmm. So by the time this airs, who knows? By the time, you know, anyway. Yeah. We just have to deal with everything uh, one day at a time, I guess, as always. That's life. So last weekend, you went back to Joshua Tree to help with the schoolie again. I um, did. What was that like? What would you guys work on? Uh, It was not quite as hot. Um, I'll answer your question in a second. Okay. (laughs) I went back to Joshua Tree last weekend, last Friday, um, and it was not so hot, and we continued to work on the water pump, uh, water, the potable water system. Mm -hmm. We did a pressure test last weekend. That was really exciting, Mm -hmm. where we, the plumbing's not 100% done. Uh, they need to still install all of the fixtures, But while I was there, I wanted to make sure that we had all of the supply lines hooked up to the tank um, and that they were ready to start, like, using it and sterilizing it. So I wanted to make sure that we tested the pump while I was there. We did that. It worked. It held pressure. We, like, turned it off overnight and came back and looked at the little pressure gauge, and it was in the exact same place. Nice. So that means all of the connections which I admit I didn't do any of the PEX connections. I didn't want to take responsibility for any of those. Sure, you let our friend do that. Yeah, but there are like 50 probably at least connections, and they're all solid. They're all watertight. So now we have the confidence for him to just work solo from there on out. Mm -hmm. We've got the proof of concept down. The Pro-PEX works. The pump works. Um, We did actually run some experiments um, once we had it all set up. controlling the pressure with the pressure gauge and like opening and closing this valve to like get the pressure to stay constant and we found that the pump does not deliver enough flow it's a decent amount of flow when there's no pressure but as the pressure goes up flow goes down um and we realized in order for their water heater to work it needed to have decent flow at 45 psi so they're probably going to end up upgrading and getting a new pump but that was pretty much all we did with the bus last weekend cool yeah you guys were going to run some bleach and water and flush the system but uh because they're on a well there and the water Mm -hmm. is you know it's not as limited as it is up in mariposa like there is a well but in joshua tree but 
it's still just a well. And mm-hmm. so he didn't want to use up that much well water just flushing yeah. the system, right? Right. So that is something that remains to be done. And are they just going to do it at like a truck stop or like an RV pad? Possibly. Kind of a thing? I'm encouraging them to just be okay with not having potable water for the first few fills. Like every time we go up, we're bringing crystal geyser. I'm pretty used to this paradigm of living that when you travel, um, you should just bring your own water. Who cares if it's gallon bottles like this is for your survival. Right. It's, it's okay to, to be sure of that. Um, but they're really keen to have this bus, like have a potable water supply. And that's really admirable. I think the solution is for the first few fills, you know, they're not drinking it. They're just putting in a quarter cup of bleach for every 15 gallons of water, um, and using it all up two or three times. Um, and then I think it'll probably be safe to fill with water and drink. In RV world, they actually recommend that you add a little bit of bleach every time you fill up your water tank, uh, just because it's going to be sitting there for a while, sloshing around. It's not, you know, as clean as city water in that setup. So you add a little bleach and you'll survive. Yeah, I found that when I was doing the research for my novel, I was doing research on, you know, like survivalism, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, they recommend, I forget exactly what the proportion is. Do you remember? I want to say it was like, a tablespoon for 10 gallons or something like that. Sure. Yeah, I know. But don't do this at home without yeah. double checking. Do your research for sure. You don't want to be drinking bleach. Although if you drink city water, you already are. Uh, okay. So you did a pressure test on the plumbing, did a little bit more plumbing work. Was there anything else that you did? Not much with the bus, but we went on a couple hikes. Uh, there's oh, the that comment. Right. Yeah. That's big news. There's a comet that's really close to Earth right now. I think it finally got out of view, um, but we could see it last weekend, Neo-wise. Um, pretty dim, but we were in the perfect place to see it, so that was kind of cool. Yeah, in the desert in the middle of nowhere. You said you could kind of see it if you didn't look directly at it. Right, right. You need to use your rod cells instead of your cone cells. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're looking kind of at something else... If you look at the Big Dipper, you could see the comet to the lower left in your periphery. Cool. So, yeah, I think work on the bus is ongoing. You know, it's it's not strictly our project, so it's not something that we can really control or should control, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think they wish that it was going faster, um, but... That sort of has been our experience with every phase in this entire process so far. Like, even knowing that everything takes longer than you think, you think just knowing that will help you, like, reassess. That it'll give you the edge. Right. But no, it's still going to take longer than whatever your adjusted assessment of it is. Just Uh everything takes longer than it seems like it should. And I really sympathize with that, which is why I wanted to go back that second weekend. Uh Like, of course, if I have a free weekend, I would love to just go up to the property and work up there. But I recognize what a game changer this school is for us. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to go out there and help them. Um, yeah, so hopefully sometime maybe at the end of August now they'll be able to move it up hopefully. to Mariposa, but, you know, we'll see. It's up to them. It's their deal. Maybe September, yeah. We're certainly not in any rush. I think we're ready whenever they're ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah, eventually we want to rent an excavator and, like, dig out a space for it, like a proper sheltery kind of a mm-hmm. space for it, but we're not planning on doing that right away, and in the meantime there's, like, a large 
clearing that's perfect for parking a vehicle. So the the clearing is ready to go when the bus is. You also made some calls to Mariposa County, right? The uh, building yes. department? Yes. Great news. I fought the dragon and I won. Yeah. Sort of. Um, for now. Um, so you may recall, if you listened to the last episode, that I, I believe Keeps I declared the permits are the only thing that scares me more than wildfires. <laughs> um, and it's true. It's just so, like, the labyrinth of yeah. bureaucracy and the level to which it's not a real problem, but it is, like... And it really just depends on who you get. Right. And I hate phone calls already. Mm-hmm. I hate asking permission from authority. Like, the whole thing is just a perfect storm. It's terrifying. Um, but but at, certain, at a certain point, you got to put on your big girl pants and make the phone call. So I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was all good news, which was awesome. What was your tack? What were you going, were you going in there with like, I'm trying to build an earth ship in the wilderness and <laughs> I don't want any utilities. Cobb? Yeah. Yeah. Do I need talk to you about gray water. Do I need a permit for a composting toilet? <laughs> no. What was your tack? How did you go in? How did you pitch it? Who did you call? Is this the health department? The building department? Started with the building department. Okay. Don't call the health department. No, don't okay. call the health department until you're trying to get a... Certificate of occupancy. Sure. Um, I started with the building department. And I <laughs> I want to say I went in with a great plan. I did go in with a great plan, but it immediately crumbled around me. And I was <laughs> like a babbling idiot because I was so nervous. It was ridiculous. Like, I just, the woman on the phone must have thought I was just a lunatic. Um, but I got around <laughs> she's to She's not a cop, you know. <laughs> she's just a person. Basically, she's like, well, <laughs> she's, she's an not... authority. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I said, basically, like, we just bought 10 acres of land in Mariposa County. Um, we'd like to build a shed. What kind of permit do we need to build a shed on our property so we can start storing tools to, like, landscape and firescape? So you want to, like, clear brush and firescape. Yeah. Okay. Um, and she said, well, you don't need a permit to build a shed as long as it's less than 120 square feet. Cool. Um, also has to be one story and can't right. have any electrical or plumbing, um, which are basically the things that qualify it as, like, not a residence. Sure. Right? So, yeah. as ma- and, and she further said that we could build more than one like it's 10 acres and if we need them in multiple places in the property we can get as long as they're non-contiguous as long as they don't build skyways um but yeah as long as they're non-contiguous we can build more than one 120 foot square foot shed great the next thing i asked about was whether we can like can we stay on the property while we're working on it Mm -hmm. um and the because we've gotten contradictory answers. What did we, think, what did we get from, like, the Merced County said? What did they Other say? Other I think even Mariposa, like, different calls to Mariposa County said that we could stay on the land for no more than 14 out of 90 days. Um, but I was led to believe that that 14 out of 90 days thing only counts if you already have a building permit. Right, if you're actively working on or planning. Right, you've already filed the permits and you just need to stay there 14 out Mm -hmm. of 90 days. What If you're actively trying to build according to a building permit, I don't know what 14 out of 90 days is going to get you anyway. Come to think of it, that sounds stupid. Uh But that's definitely what a person told me. Mm -hmm. However, on the phone this time, the lady I was talking to said that I don't have to have any kind of building permit. We don't have to have filed anything. 
in order to camp on the property, as long as it's only for 14 out of 90 days. That's great. So that means we're legit so far. We only really go up for holidays, for three-day weekends mm-hmm. around holidays. Yeah, we probably have only been there for like... I think my mom made it pretty close to 14 Maybe 14 out of 90. Out of 90, 90 but... She was there for, for like two weeks in a row, I think. Okay. But... But still, like we're actually pretty close to that. So then I asked, does it just have to be camping or can it be in an RV, parentheses, or a bus? I didn't tell her that part, mm-hmm. but I was just like, so can, you know, how about an RV? Will that work instead? She's like, yeah, you can, as long as it's only 14 out of 90 days, you can camp in a tent, you can sleep on the ground under the stars, you can do whatever you want as long as it's only 14 out of 90 days. But you can leave the RV parked there the whole time, right? So I asked her that question, and then she was like, well, that's not the building department. That's the planning department. (laughs) Okay. So then she transferred me over to the planning department, and I asked about whether I can park an RV on our property indefinitely. Mm -hmm. And that lady said yes. Cool. You can park a vehicle for as long as you want, as long as, again, you just don't actually live in it for more than 14 out of 90 days. So... Riding high on all of this good news, don't need a permit for a shed, can live on your property for 14 days, can park an RV. I decided to just take the final leap and I said, what about a schoolie? What about a converted school bus? Would that be something that I could park on my property for an indefinite period of time? And she said yes. She even said Yes to the schoolie, specifically. So that is a huge weight off of our shoulders because if we had to park the bus on our property like illegally and then we got caught and we had to move it somewhere and our friends would be overseas and we're trying to figure out what to do with it, like that would be awful. And especially because we would have gone into it knowingly, you know, and just gambled and lost. Brazenly. Right. So I'm really excited that we got this good news from the county that most of what we want to do so far is actually legit and above board. Yeah, thanks for making that call. Yeah, so I'm slightly less scared about permits now. Still pretty scared, but not as scared. Mm -hmm. Good news is good. And as long as it has wheels, you can build and park whatever you want, right? Just build whatever structure you want and then put it up on wheels. Yeah, and I don't (sighs) think it's as simple as that because there are different... Um, like regulations for tiny homes Mm. and for, I think, maybe mobile homes too. I'm Uh, not 100% sure. Um, But those have plumbing and electrical. Oh, sure. I guess technically the bus does and an RV could have plumbing and electrical too. So that can't be the only... But they're standalone plumbing and electrical systems not tied to the land. I don't know. Yeah. That's what we want to do with the house and they won't let us. Right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's all just Uh so backwards, but I mean, we're just going to have to deal with each phase as it comes up and we'll tackle each permit issue as it happens. But it was really encouraging to know that we're not even rolling that dirty yet with anything that we've done up there. And it's, it's encouraging to start thinking about other projects we want to do and to know that we've at least made the call. Thank you for doing that. I think... Um, one of the things we came around to with our friends who are also not particularly lawful people, (laughs) I wouldn't say they're lawless. Maybe they're like, uh, what lawful neutral. What is that? Neutral chaotic. But you know, we all kind of came around together to, you don't need to go balls to the wall by the book bureaucracy, but you should at least, you know, 
pay your respects introduce yourself to your neighbors once yeah i mean say, that's hey, a different issue. i'm gonna we be around introduce yourself to the building department planning department ask some stupid sorry not stupid question but ask some really innocuous question that allows you to hey i've got this land i want to just start clearing brush is that okay and they'll probably say yeah that's fine uh-huh. and then you've got your foot in the door you know you have kind of plausible deniability they're like <laughs> oh i spoke to karen uh and on uh july 8th at uh 2:20 p.m. and she said I could mow my lawn without a permit. Yeah, it is a little troubling that we've gotten different answers from different people on the camping 14 out of 90 days with or without a building permit thing, but on the on the one hand it's troubling because it's hard to know if we're doing something wrong or not, but on the other hand it's encouraging because if they can't even keep their answer straight within their own department, yeah. like how can we be expected to be held to the letter mm-hmm. of the law? So if yeah. it's really as wishy-washy as that, then I don't think it's going to be a problem. Yeah. You do your diligence, you make one call, and then you kind of have faith that everybody around you is kind of doing the same thing to, like, all your neighbors. Mm-hmm. It's a super remote property. You really have to be hunting for it to find it. And yeah. at that point, who are you? You know, <laughs> you're not from the planning department. You're just some rando who's yeah. also trying to live on the fringes of the law. Right. Um, thank you for making that call. I feel so much better about all the things we want to do. Yeah. It's cool Um, that we can just build 120 foot sheds. Yeah. Well, what else, (laughs) what other kind of structures are you trying to build willy nilly? What else are we getting excited about? Well, we've been getting excited about the yurt lately. I don't want to get too into that right now because we're going to go up to the property next weekend and think more about the yurt in coming weeks. next episode then? Yeah, I think so. We'll We'll talk talk about about the yurt a little more in the next episode. But I did want to mention that I made a second phone call uh, this week. I really confronted my fear of phones today, uh, this week. Um, and one went much better than I was expecting, and one went quite a bit worse, actually, than I was expecting. <laughs> Luckily, the good one was the planning department one, the building department one. Um, and the the other one was I had a phone call with the yurt company asking just some like preliminary questions as we're looking into what kind of yurt we might want to purchase, yurt kit. Um you did a bunch of research first, though. You, like, went to a bunch of different websites for yurts, and then you found yeah. this one that you wanted to to possibly order from. Yeah, and we can talk in more detail about this next time. Cool. But, like, yeah, there's a few big companies, um, but none of them are located in California. And so the shipping or the transportation of the yurt alone would cost a lot of money. So I started looking into smaller companies in California where we could just drive up. Um, you know, with a truck or something mm-hmm. ourselves and pick up the yurt kit. Um, and so I found this place called Living Intent. Um, and then, oh, that's clever. Yeah, Living Intent. Um, I think they're like three hours north of us in Mariposa, um, also in the Sierras, which is cool. Um, so yeah, I called them to just ask some questions. I, I sent an email, and then, like everybody in Ugh. the world, for some reason, Whoa. they responded back how about you just give us a call? Like, okay, I can't, I guess. I don't know why everybody in the world wants to talk on the phone all the time. If you just email me, then I have those answers in writing. Forever. Okay. It's saved and there's, yeah, you hear everything. (laughs) Yeah, but 
they were like driving back from a job from like a yurt installation and the phone was breaking the signal was breaking up really bad and I could only hear like a third of what they were saying it was very stressful I hate talking on the phone so much um but it doesn't matter because I still think their yurts look like the bomb. Some killer yurts. And we can still drive there and they're still a small company that I believe in. I went through all of their Instagram history the other day, I think just yesterday, to like, they're like a five-year-old company or so, like four-year-old company. Um, and I just sort of scrolled through their entire Instagram history to see like the history of the development of their yurts. And it was really interesting. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they've refined their technique and stuff. It's Yeah. It's cool. Social media is weird. But a lot of them kind of just looked like snapshots from my projects. Like, you know, there'll be like a Milwaukee drill and oh, yeah. like an yeah, 805 there was a bottle. Picture, yeah, with a can of 805 beer <laughs> next to uh, a Milwaukee drill. And I was like, hey, Vince, did, did you take this photo and then right? send it to them? I or... was really confused. <laughs> I think they're just our spiritual yeah. kin. Yeah, some hippies. Um, so yes, much more about the yurt next time, but we are really ramping up on the yurt and I'm getting super excited about it, but we have to finish the greenhouse first. Yeah. Like high priority. It's just, we can't let a million projects hang out in the ether while we like, and just never finish anything. Mm -hmm. We have to knuckle down and really finish this greenhouse. So that's, that's going to be next weekend. Yeah. Thanks for coming with me. I know it's going to be, it's not going to be as terribly hot as they were projecting. supposed to not be as as hot. You know, just like a high Mm -hmm. of 95 instead of a high of 105. Yeah, and it gets hot in the greenhouse in the afternoon. Like, I'm pretty tough, and I don't think I could spend more than, like, 30 minutes in there. I mean, the thermometer said 140 degrees Fahrenheit. It got up to 144, (laughs) which, you know, we don't eat much meat anymore, but uh, you could cook really any meat to that temperature. That's not where you want your skin meat to be. No, no, definitely Um, not. Um, So we need to finish that thing off so we can seal it off on the bottom. We can provide proper ventilation for the mm -hmm. cool air to get in. So thank you for helping me focus on that and get that done next weekend. Hopefully. Um, We're going to try to put in the the floor vents and we're going to try to put in um, the heated floor, which sounds really silly this time of year, but you can make it a cooling floor in the summer. Will that be as effective? Like, I know that a lot of people do in-floor heating, then it's actually more energy efficient mm-hmm. to do in-floor heating than to do um, forced air cooling yeah. or forced air heating. Mm-hmm. Um, but how about for cooling? Because the heat rises, so it makes sense to have it be in the floor. But does the cold spread in the same way if you're just doing cold water through the pipes and through the tubing instead of hot? Uh, well, I guess just think about that same principle of heat rising and cool air sinking that it's at least efficient that, you know, it might be up by your head in the greenhouse, 130 degrees, but all of that hot heated air is rising and coming up. Sure. It'll create that what is that, convection yes. cycle? Yeah, so as the hot air is rising and coming out of the, the ceiling vents, hot air is leaving the ceiling vents. Right. It's pulling in cool air from the floor vents that we're going to put in, uh-huh. and then that air passes over the cooled um, floor. Mm-hmm. Um, At the very least, it'll probably feel good to walk in bare feet on it. Yep, and if nothing else, it will heat our 1,000-gallon uh, rain tank over the course of the summer so that we have a 1,000 gallons of warm water all uh-huh. winter. Uh-huh. So yeah, next weekend, hopefully, we will 
come close. Like we're, we won't have enough bricks to fully finish the perimeter right. of the outside, but hopefully all of the inside will be done. So yeah, hopefully we'll get the tubing laid down, um, get the floor vents put in, lay down the rest of the sand, and then be able to lay down those bamboo mats, and then the inside of the greenhouse will be done, da done, done, done. Yeah, move um, back in the furniture and call it its final resting place. Yeah. For now, of course, everything is, you know, in flux. Perpetually subject to change. Yeah. But at least it'll be ready. It'll be livable. Yeah. Well, once it stops being 143 degrees <laughs> yeah. in there. Right. Um... And we got some more street garbage for the property, Oh, right? yes. I found some more street garbage for the property. <laughs> no end um, in L.A. to street garbage. Yeah, so I picked up um, these plastic tables. I think maybe they're actually, um, like, step stools. What do you think they are? Are they actually table? Are they tables? squatty potties? Uh, they're footstools. They're kind of like that. I guess you'd call yeah. it a footstool. Well, All right, anyway, whatever they are. It doesn't are, matter. We always set like our beer and our food down on the just dirt yeah. and it tips over. And it tips and over. Annoying. Yeah. So a few months ago, I found some plastic, like just deck chairs, mm -hmm. plastic uh, lawn chairs on the street. People are always throwing away shit on our street and everywhere in Glendale and probably everywhere, everywhere in LA. LA. Everywhere in America. And I don't know if it's actually ramped up recently, it would make sense if it had because people can't, like, you know, sell things on Craigslist to strangers the way that they used to mm -hmm. or even drop them off at a Goodwill. So maybe more people are just throwing shit curbing out. stuff. Mm -hmm. But I think it's it's just always been like yeah. this. Um, and I'm always tempted because, A, it's free, and, B, I want to learn how to, like, restore furniture and upholster furniture and stuff already but it just doesn't make sense yet. I'd see things like people throw away like whole dining sets and yeah, shit. Yeah, I think what we saw the other day was an entire futon, just the like lumber for a futon and no fasteners. In its wrapper still. Right. Unopened. Yeah. All of the lumber for like a IKEA futon unopened. But it's just like, what would we do with it's it right sickening. now? We don't have a yurt. We don't have anywhere to put like... We just, it, it doesn't make sense right now. Mm -hmm. People will keep doing this. It's not going to, mm -hmm. it's a renewable resource. Just wait. Right. Once we actually have the yurt, once we actually have the dog out and we need furniture, then we can start being on the lookout. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, I did score these two little plastic tables that we can use to set our plates and our beers and our bowls and yeah. whatever we need on. So we, we don't really have to put it those. in the dirty, in the dirty dirt. Yeah. And we really needed those. Thank you for that. Yes, I am always on the lookout for garbage, <laughs> for useful garbage. And oh, I'm always wet, ready to throw something that's not useful into the garbage. I'm not a hoarder. I'm not a pack rat, but mm. I am utilitarian. We're helping other people to upcycle, too. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, there is that level where you don't, if you don't buy something new, then you're not contributing those resources to yeah. the landfill. You're rescuing something from the landfill. Right. Without using any more carbon or or anything. Or anything. Carbon or anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I think that pretty much covers it. This was kind of a, a week of in-betweens, you know? You just came back from doing a little more schooly work. We're about to go up and finish the greenhouse. Yeah, um, I needed one chill weekend at home. Mm -hmm. But we're, we're really getting into the year now, and I'm really excited. 
Um, so I, I look forward to talking about that next time. Yeah, I'm super excited to go up with you next weekend. And it's been a little while. Yeah, I actually miss it. Mm-hmm. I know it's incredibly hot, so I don't regret waiting this long. But I do kind of need to be up there. I miss it. And then maybe the weekend after that, we'll talk about it. Bring everyone else up to speed uh-huh. and see what of our ambitions to finish the greenhouse we yep. actually accomplished. Yep. Well, we got inside. It was really hot. <laughs> it was really hot, so we got a hotel. <laughs> yeah, I kind of just chilled out the rest Watch of the Watch TV. Hell no, I'm not going to a hotel. If nothing else, we will have cold beer all weekend. <laughs> it might be 100 degrees, but I will guarantee cold beer all weekend. All right, it's a deal. All right. I love you. <laughs> I love you too. All right, take care. We'll talk to you guys later. Be good now. Yeah, bye-bye.